My guest today is Tomas Gebasio. Before I met Tomas, we had several interactions regarding a recently successful event he managed. The event was the Africa Energy Week. This was an inaugural event. I was there myself and I was in awe of the level of organization, turnout and the high quality level of how the event was successfully executed by Thomas and his team. Thomas has had his run in leadership position in several international events, I must say. A resident of Argentina, Thomas spends a significant time in Africa in regards to his work. Well, I'll allow Thomas to tell us more about himself shortly. I am looking forward to learning more about Thomas's journey in the energy event space and what we can all learn from him. Myself, I'm Bimbola. I'm an energy analyst, a sales manager, and a data scientist. And I love spending time with friends and family when I'm not podcasting. Before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the support of Paysop Invest, a global financial advisory and wealth management firm based in Germany, France, and Nigeria. If you're looking to create generational wealth and understand how to manage your finances, do contact the Paysop Invest team on paysopinvest.com and their Instagram page, paysopinvest. They offer services to individuals and corporate bodies alike. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome you listeners to Empowered by Blue Citron, a podcast where we discuss lifestyle, culture, and more. So, Thomas, welcome to Blue Citron. Hi, Bimbola. How are you? It's a pleasure I'm to be good. here. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Thomas, t- tell us, how did you end up in the event space and even more importantly, energy event space? Is, is this something you had always wanted to do, Thomas? Oh, no, far from it. You know, you know how life is. It's, it's good that you started the introduction with the, the journey mm-hmm. word, because I, I do believe life's a journey and certainly mine has been up to this point. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bachelor's in international relations and a master's in, in diplomacy. So mm-hmm. when I started my professional career, at least my academic career, uh, I was aiming to become a diplomat. For many right. years, that was my my goal, um, and that journey took me to Azerbaijan, actually, mm-hmm. where I did my master's program. Yeah, um, and there, uh, that's when I started to get much more involved in the oil and gas sector, particularly in the energy sector. And um, okay. from there, I transitioned to um, the market intelligence uh, realm. Mm-hmm. So I worked for many years for the oil and gas year, which is okay. now the energy year. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's strengthening as well, not only my my knowledge and involvement in the oil and gas particularly, but also in the general energy sector, um, but also brought me closer to, to Africa. Right. Um, that's, I did projects in Equatorial Guinea and in Angola. Mm-hmm. And then um, after my... My tenure with uh, with the oil and gas here, um, I moved to Africa Oil and Power, which is now Energy Capital and Power, yeah. who you know is one of the partners for the organization of uh, African Energy Week, together with the African Energy Chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I started to get uh, fully involved in the events and conference business in the energy sector. Before with the oil and gas here, I had a bit of a, a flirting moment uh, with smaller events, we would do roundtable discussions 
in, uh, in some of these markets. So that's how I already started to get involved in the, in the organization of a, of a proper event, in the development of a program, in the branding, so I, uh, the budgeting, you know, um, which I hate personally, but it's the most important thing. <laughs> it is the most important. It is the most important thing, which I hate. It. I like the fun part, you know, of the content, I like the branding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I moved full on to uh, massive events uh, organizations, specifically in the in the energy sector, and mostly focused on the oil and gas sector at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with Africa Oil and Power, we organized, I was part of uh, the core organization team for uh, three very large events during 2019. Um, yeah. First one was Apple's uh, producers organizations, uh, seventh uh, ministerial meeting and conference, which was organized in, in Malabo, in Equatorial Guinea. Yeah. Um, then we organized uh, the first Angola oil and gas conference and exhibition in Luanda in June 2019. The first one was in April 2019. And then we organized the GCF um, heads, of, heads of State Summit and International Gas Seminar also in Malabo in December 2019. So that was already a, a kind of trial by fire, if you can imagine. Yeah. We we had to organize these three very different uh, in terms of approach, in terms of organization, in terms of scale events, um, and very complex on its own, um, as it is in terms of logistics, particularly of suppliers in uh, in country in cities like Malabo or Luanda. Um, that are very challenging in many ways. That is correct. I can attest to that. Yeah, (laughs) especially with uh, Luanda, because I've been I haven't been to Malabo. Um, I know uh, Equatorial Guinea is Spanish speaking, uh, but uh, Angola is uh, Portuguese speaking uh, together with their own original language. But yeah, I have been to uh, Angola, Luanda three times. And yeah, it's a (laughs) beautiful country. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not the easiest <laughs> to get into. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing country. It actually was my first, um, uh, my first experience with the continent, to be honest. We had, when I was studying in Azerbaijan, we had a study trip. Uh, and since I was one of the few ones, the only one actually that spoke Portuguese at the time, yes. uh, I got sent to, to head the delegation to, to Angola. Okay. And thanks to that trip, that's when I also get my first posting with the oil and gas here that was in Angola itself. Oh, and then when nice. I started working at, the, at Africa Oil and Power, again, um, due to those previous experience, I, mm-hmm. got, um, I got to lead the team for, for the Angola event, which was massively successful event and was probably one of the, my, my personal, my, one of my personal trophies, I would say, one of my yeah. personal... <laughs> shining, um, shining moments. <laughs> totally, 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 totally. It was an event organized as well in, uh, in six months. Uh, we had the president really? himself to come. Huh. We had okay. over 2,000 uh, delegates. Um, the CEO of Total, Patrick Puyane, came. Two VPs from ExxonMobil. Two yeah. VPs from Equinor. Yeah. Um, 
So it was a, it was a massively successful event. That it was something that the Angolan market, believe it or not, they never they had smaller conferences before that. Yeah. Mostly focused on local content or specific topics, but there was never a true national conferences, and that was something that. Um, Africa Oil and Power and now Energy Capital and Power um, saw a market in and really developed throughout the continent. Um, and you would imagine that a country that is the second largest producer in the continent would be already covered in that realm. But after absolutely, 2019, after 2019, there was absolutely no major national conference. It, it was wow. surprising. Um, wow. So that was um, that was an amazing experience. Uh, probably one of the most stressful moments in my life. I bet, yes. <laughs> but we we left uh, we left the mark in the country. Um, there was a new That's event good. following up uh, this year. Uh, naturally, because of COVID, it yeah. had a different shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we have set a legacy that will carry on for for several years. Very good, very good. You know. Uh, Thomas, again, uh, I was at I was in Cape Town myself, and uh, uh, very uh, pivotal um, role um, in within the conference, um, basically as as a delegate. Yeah. So one thing I did see, you know, even prior to the event taking place, there was a lot of conversation, uh, um, you know, between us based on what I needed to do. Uh, representing my company. Um, I'm not going to mention my company's name here. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No you know, Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, representing my company and all of that. So, you know, um, a lot of back and forth, back and forth between the both of us. What, uh, you know, what I wanted, you know, the things that we needed to do. And, you know, you also having to be firm to say, well, this is what you have agreed with, you know, the ECP guys and all of that, and that is not translating to AEW. But even at that, the AEW is Africa Energy Week. And uh, regardless of that, you know, I got into Cape Town and everything just went amazingly well. Now, you said something just now. The Angolan event, within six months, you guys put up, you know, a smashing, successful event that even Angola, being the second largest producing nation, oil and gas producing nation in Africa, had never had something like that, which is mind blowing. Now, six months, I, I noted that down within six months. That is exactly the same that you guys have done with the Africa Energy Week. But this time around, you guys spent four months Within four months, you have decided, I, I don't know where you guys are from. Honestly, I don't know what water you drink, what sun shines on you guys, but within a, a short space of time, event organizers spend a year or even plus to, to start planning, making things happen for an event that would just take maybe three days or four days or at most five days. But you guys seem to have a thing for four months, six months, and and again, I was there. So I know how successful this event was. The turnout, all the ministers, well, maybe not all, but at least 10 ministers from uh, uh, mostly the African producing countries, they turned up. The NOCs, they were there in, in, in drive. They were they, A lot of them were there. Um, the ministers and the NOC, the, the heads of departments and things like that, they came, but they did not just come, right? 
they were there till the end. Now that was interesting to me because I'd been to several energy-based events in, in, in South Africa. And yes, these guys come and then the next day they've already gone. Or, or they come, they spend two days and, and then they're gone. They've gone back to their countries and all of that. But this time around, they stayed. So this leads me to my next question. How were you and your team able to successfully implement this, uh, uh, this recently completed conference, which li- literally was just two weeks ago, the Africa yeah, Energy exactly. Week, African Energy Week. What is it that you guys do? Two, four months. I, I'm not sure you understand you guys spent four months doing this. Yeah. If anyone was there, anyone that listens to this podcast and that person was there, the, I'm sure whoever listens to this would agree with me how successful that event was. But what was mind-blowing for me was the fact that it was done within 16 to 17 weeks. Yeah. How did that happen? Tell me, Thomas. Or tell us. Tell us. Tell, <laughs> tell, tell us, the listeners. Tell us. I think, well, you, you, you nailed it there in the question. I think in the, I think the fact that this was done in four weeks, uh, is one of the most, uh, by far as well, one of the most impressive things that I've personally done and I've seen our team do. Um, there was a joint effort between the African energy chamber who led the way, who, uh, through the chairman and Jay Ayuk, uh, mm-hmm. put up the idea. Uh, as soon as um, as soon as the news that Africa Oil Week was moving to to Dubai, mm-hmm. um, the chamber took it uh, to itself to make sure that the continent had an in-person event yeah. in the continent to discuss what the continent needed in terms of energy transition and reducing energy poverty. Um, and I think that was the main drive for for us to put up. Um, Full, the, put the full force of the, um, the African Energy Chamber team and the an Energy Capital and Power team. Plus, our um, we have amazing suppliers as well here in South Africa that have went that have gone above and beyond, like a Hot 3D or Gearhouse. Um, as well, the, the 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 partners that we had as well. As you know, we work in the in the Victoria and um, the VNA waterfront in Cape yes. Town, which. Um, just to, to brag a little bit more on this, but it wasn't only four months that we had to do, but it was also four venue, five venues that we actually that needed true. to manage <laughs> simultaneously yeah. to add a that bit more true. complex to, uh, to the endeavor. So I do think that uh, we managed to pull this off because it was a tremendous team effort of several um, led by the African Energy Chamber and Energy Capital and Power, but with a, with a wide array of partners that jump on board immediately to, to the idea, uh, to the message, to the goal. I think that that was the stronger, that was actually what pushed us, you know, through sweat, blood and tears. Absolutely. Uh, to make sure that we deliver because we knew we knew what we were doing was so much bigger than than us. Um, we knew that we were setting. We knew how important this event was for the city of Cape Town. The city of Cape Town industry, uh, event industry, suffered tremendously during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And this was the first massive event that happened in the city. And just like talking to our partners, talking at the waterfront, you know, talking to our suppliers, to see how thankful they were 
how everybody was just so ready to to collaborate, to to jump on board, to give a hand, to go above and beyond. Um, it was it was what drive us and what what helped us as well, you know, to carry carry the load and make sure that we managed to pull this off in, in such a little time, um, but with such a strong message. Um, Absolutely. Which I think is what's it's the core at what we did. I think that the the key message of having an, an African discussion in Africa, um, specifically at the time when. Uh, the whole energy transition dialogue, and specifically when COP26 was happening as well, which the panel actually that you moderated. Yes. Um, I think it was so important to have a discussion at that time and in that continent. And like you mentioned, you know, with the with the key actors that were um, that are part of that discussion. You know, having almost 10 ministers from producing countries, having. We had, I think, around 16 national oil companies. Uh-huh. Uh, we organized an, an one of the first national oil companies summit, which we will carry on to next year, where we saw that for in, in some parts, you know, it was the first time that these national companies were all together in the same room, which is amazing as well to me. Um, that as this hasn't, hasn't happened before, and it has to happen at this time. And Africa needs to have a strong voice uh, facing the energy, energy transition movement and it has to be respected because the starting point and the needs of Africa are completely different to those of the North. Um, mm. And as you've seen, the main, um, the main motto perhaps of the, of the event was to end Africa's energy poverty. Poverty, absolutely. Which is yeah. 600, 600 million people without access to energy. And it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It's my 900 million of people without access to clean cooking. Um, it's crazy. These, these are numbers that by itself force mm. everyone involved in the energy sector to have a different approach, uh, to have a different look, an innovative look, and a, a tolerant look, I would say. Um, the conference itself was successful as well because as, as we mentioned, you know, this African governments saw the value of the platform that we built, of the message that we conveyed, which was, which is the same message that they are conveying as well: is respect our position, respect the resources that we have, respect our journey. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these governments have made so much effort to develop their local industries, you know, the local infrastructure, to develop oil and gas SMEs. Um, which is fascinating, you know, it's, it's, it's very uncommon in many parts of the world to have local industries actively being participants, you know, to promote local content, to distribute the, um, the profits from the oil and gas sector to the whole population. And now, in two years, this has become like a bad word, you know, especially yeah. imagine like for coal producing countries like, like South Africa, for instance, South like Africa. part of Af- Africa. Yeah, and yeah. Um, Patron is saying like the true goal for Africa is to end energy poverty. Mm-hmm. And after we finish that, we can look into other options of like decarbonization or uh, just energy transition uh, patterns. But at this stage, we need to look at the immediate problem, which is a problem that other continents don't have. That is correct. Um, and I do believe that, and it's a very respectful way, it says like all sources of energy have their own value itself. 
all yeah. sources of energy applied differently to different countries, to different sort of industries. And we have to have an open conversation on enabling this uh, variety of resources, this in, not infinite, but like tremendous amount of resources that the continent has and ensuring that they are used, they're they are tapped into with the goal of eliminating something that should should not exist in 2022 is like not 600 people 600 million people without access to energy that um, is that, that is so so wrong you know to not have access 600 million yeah. that is a lot that's almost a billion people that yeah. is just uh it's just unacceptable yeah that's it that's hmm. it and uh and i think that sort of that, that, that feeling that you just have you know that indignation you know that that sense of like, we need to do something about this is yeah. what is this the strength that drove as well our message <laughs> and i do believe that our message was one of the strongest elements on on the success of the event and how we managed to pull this off in four months it was our our internal effort our internal dedication to to making sure this this succeeded um, the chambers extends networks throughout the continent and throughout the world, to be honest. Yeah. That manage also to tap into partners from the US, from Europe, yep. from the Middle East, um, but also that wide array of partners from governments, companies, organizations that saw the value of what we were doing and immediately jumped on board to, to support us. To support that us. Was, that was that, just great. That's how I think we, we managed to pull this off. Yeah, that was really, really great. That was great. I, I, again, you're right. It's the support because all well and good, one could plan and plan and then, you know, and try as much as possible to execute to the best possible way. But if there's no support, it makes the work more difficult. And, you know, you had that support, um, uh, you know, uh, as you say, your chairman, NJ uh, Ayuk, he, I saw a lot of his posts on LinkedIn prior to the event also. He was doing what I would call an intense business development, going to all these countries, traveling to all these countries and seeing all the um, ministers and maybe presidents even, you know, and selling the African story, you know, Africa for Africans. Of course, Friends of Africa are you know, welcome you as a person, you are a friend of Africa and you see where the challenges are, you know, with 600 plus people, you know, experiencing energy poverty, it is just wrong what the continent is going through and the rest of the world isn't. And that is why it's it seems as if the rest of the world can't seem to understand, you know, when this sort of conversation comes up. Why? Because they are not experiencing that same challenge. Correct. If you if you do recall during uh, uh, during my uh, uh, my panel, actually, one lady actually stood up and talked about how the woman in the village is the one that experiences this the most, the energy poverty situation, and that needs to come to an end. Everyone should be able to have access to, you know, power in different levels. You know, um, uh, what I mean by different levels is electricity because once there's that once there's electricity 24 7 then you start to see economic development you Correct. know and, and social development dignity 
exactly it's it's a basic human need this uh, uh having access to to electricity to power power basically but yeah thank you Thomas. thank you very much but uh, you know you also mentioned something about uh the event industry being hit significantly by uh the covid 19 situation and you know the event hospitality and so many industries were hit to to be fair but but yeah and do you see how that is picking up again um, as the world is opening up? I think that, um, I think so. I think that there's never going to be a replacement for in-person events. That's correct. Um, it's just, um, we're humans. We, mm -hmm. we, we need and want to interact with each other. I think that online events have been great yep. as a, um, as an auxiliary measure to keep everybody engaged, to to build on relationships that cannot be done for some one one or another reason physically. Um, but I do think that physical events are never going to be replaced. Um, I think it's going to pick up. I think it's. Uh, I think as uh, vaccine campaigns move forward in different parts of the world, I think as best practices in terms of um, sani sanitation. Uh, evolved throughout the world and, and individual responsibility you know has picked up everywhere um, I think it's going to it's gonna it's gonna continue to improve it's um, I think we're still far away from pre-covid uh, levels I think unfortunately yeah. I think so I think that um, still uh, th there's some wariness and there's still some evolution well we're just um, we're just learning about the news of the lockdowns going in, in Europe again um, it will depend country to country but each each citizen is citizen as well as it's it's um, it's uh, depends as well on the on where it where it resides and unfortunately that goes sometimes beyond uh, individual individual choice um, so I do believe that it's going to pick up I think that for next year we are definitely going to have a better environment but um, I think still that we're going to have to wait for, for a couple of years before hospitality, air travel and uh, massive events um, to reach uh, a pre-pandemic level. Mm, right, right. So you say that, what do you then think is the future of energy events by your company? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 we're on already for 2022. Really? Uh, the Africa yes, Energy yes, yes. Week? Of you course, guys are ready for... Uh, ready. Oh my God. <laughs> we're starting to work. The work okay. never, never ends. Um, huh. We are now... We have a bigger, a bigger job now to yes. build on what we have created, to expand yes. what we have created. I think that we have several elements that we will um, continue to push. Um, we, we will continue to work under the, um, the Energy Village concept. As you yeah. have seen, this idea of having multiple venues to make sure that we still abide by COVID restrictions. We, yeah. unfortunately, we still don't know how those restrictions will look in one year from now. Yeah. But just in case, we will uh, we'll prepare for that. I would make sure also as well besides COVID, I think what we brought as well was an innovative way of doing events. So we, true. We yeah. brought an idea that 
people can maximize as well what they get from from a conference they don't have to sit through themes and panels that they are not interested in they can just mm -hmm. like swap they can pick and choose basically you can, can choose this, this yeah. enables for a more tailored event for each each delegate and i uh, we had some really good feedback on this format yeah. so we're definitely going to carry on with it and and in terms of topics we're going to build upon what was discussed already yeah the goal the goal carries on you know 2030 elimination of energy poverty and whatever we can do to help to be a platform for people to discuss this for governments companies organization to set this target um, but we're building on some of the successes that we have we announced the africa green energy dialogue and summit so this is going to be an innovative forum for all industries to come together for including fossil fuels into the discussion on uh, on how uh, to promote to foster green energy in the continent in a just way include as well nuclear energy which even in europe remain remains on the borderlines nobody knows if it's green energy or it's not green energy um, yeah. we believe every every source of energy needs to be included in this green energy dialogue because everybody can build upon each other um, gas providing hydrogen is just one of those examples you know how there can be synergies between energies to help foster um, a greener world uh, lower emissions but nobody has to be ostracized nobody has to be demonized because yeah. that's not how you create a dialogue this is just a one one person with a megaphone telling you that they are true and that's that's just not a dialogue um, we're going to keep on building on the NOC summit. We believe that we have created a new uh, movement, a very important movement for African and international, actually, national companies to come together, to collaborate, to share experiences on how each one of them is, um, is facing the energy transition world. Um, we want to include as well coal and nuclear energy into the discussion um, yeah. we flirted with it during this conference and we want to get full-on uh, a strong participation of the coal and the on the nuclear energy industries because we believe they are key as well for the for the process that we're facing and for eliminating energy poverty in the continent and um, and we will build. We will build on on the, on more and more fun as well networking events, um, which we do believe are one of the things that we were, people were missing the most. Yeah. Um, from physical <laughs> events, just a good a good gathering, uh, yeah. a good chance to to network, to informally meet people. Uh, yeah, and just have reviews. drinks and talk and just you know in a relaxed environment. But then again, as you say. Uh, COVID allowed this sort of nice idea, but also COVID also sort of made people be mindful of the fact that after the, you know, after the uh, each day's activity, uh, everyone can just congregate in one place, you know, so. Correct, Correct. Yeah. but then again, like, uh, I think that the, I think we have seen a lot of like individual responsibility from, from people, I think. As you, as, as you know, we we set up mandatory testings on the um, yes. before joining the event. Yes. Uh, we had mandatory masks as well. 
um, we had sanitizing point, posts like all around the venues and um, and Bimbola, before the event we did around um, 2,000 tests like we did, wow. we did more than our delegates because of our, our suppliers as well and our um, some of the people working from from the city and yeah. we have only one positive case wow which was rapidly identified he was asked not to participate in the event of course he understood and yeah. um, and nothing absolutely nothing happened we're already two weeks from the event and mm -hmm. we have have absolute so we have passed the incubation stage and we have had absolutely no positive case of COVID. Impressive. So this, Impressive. This is, um, this is so we are so proud of of everyone working in in this, and everybody that participated. It wasn't just us, you know. It was like we came out to our delegates, to our partners, to our sponsors, to <laughs> to ask for responsibility, to ask for tolerance, and absolutely, we had an amazing feedback. Everybody understood what needed to be done. Nobody complained about the testing uh or the or the mask rules you know everybody okay. understood what we're trying to do and the importance of taking care of each other and that's wow. how we managed as well to to make this event successful honestly i'd, I'd, I'd not I'd, I'd been to so many events i'd not seen something so well coordinated so well organized you know as this one was given that you know the the birth of the energy village, you know, um, with the, the with the different points of uh, places for discussion, panel discussions, and and each point, uh, each each particular venue, each venue actually had everything that 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 the main venue also had, meaning yeah. you know refreshment, drinks, everything, food, every you know. Someone was asking me like, how was it? And I said, well. I've been to events, I've been to quite a number of energy events. This was different. And it wasn't a case of, oh, just eat, you know, snacks and nibbles and move on. No, proper food and different types of food. In fact, one of the sessions I remember, uh, we were told to just go for lunch at the one and only. And I'm thinking, wow, this uh, Africa Energy Week guys have gone uh, uh, far and beyond to have lunch at one and only there are only five one and only hotels in the world and one and only was one of the venues of the conference and to just you know strut into the um restaurant area to have lunch and i just thought okay and i had a good time the food was delicious you know and the following day i was at the avenue the food was great so it was drinks oh one thing that struck me there was a particular company i thought that was a uh, an alcohol company but no it was i think they're into consulting or something and, yes, and, and yes, yes, yes. I don't know if that was a C, the CEO there, but they had their own corner, like a proper bar. Whatever drink you wanted was there. I was, I was amazed. Even though, of course, I, I only asked for Coca Cola. I mean, boring me, <laughs> <laughs> boring you me. You're, you're still you know? on the clock. You know, boring me, but I mean, to, to, to be honest, after a while I went back and I was like, I'd like to have a, a glass of red wine, please. And then the, the guy gave me all the options and I said, I'm in South Africa, just give me South African red wine. And I'm good with that, you know. You so that was, that was South it. African red. I tell you, that was super interesting because I, again, I've gone for so many events. I've not seen that before. You know, so what, what I'm essentially saying is it's not just the organization of stuff of the event, but it was something that you mentioned, the support, you know, the support as well. And obviously all these companies are also, you know, promoting their own companies and their own brand. But 
it's it, it was it was just mind blowing. But anyway, I have one important question. Sure. So far, with all what you've done, what has really helped you most in your career? Um, I thought long and strong on on this. Um, honestly, two things. One, one a bit more uh, technical, and another one a bit more sentimental. Mm-hmm. Um, on the technical side, I would say languages. Okay. Um, I feel that um, getting to speak several languages has been a door opener on so many professional and social ways. Yeah. Um, so I was lucky enough to manage to focus on learning several languages that helped me throughout my career, and that pick up and to be able to pick up new languages when when it was needed in, in different places. And um, when you speak someone their language, and where when you come from a, a land so far away, like Argentina is for for Africa or for Azerbaijan, as I mentioned, where I lived many years. And you manage to speak the local language, um, such a, a barrier drops down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, people can understand the effort and they feel more at home with you. And that also helps to build stronger ties with people that naturally have a ripple effect into either business or social life. Yeah. Um, I've always said that um, I, I had the, the luck or and the preparation to to speak a language when it was needed, uh, to be to be to be posted in places where my language skills were valued, and where they had a, an immediate impact on on the um, on the project that I was leading. Um, oh. And on the sentimental part, I do believe that, um, fa- like you mentioned, spending time time with family and friends. Uh, it's a bit corny, perhaps. But it's a it's a very strong and core part of my my personality and my beliefs. Um, yeah. Especially having lived abroad for or having a, a life in, internationally for the past ten years, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. I always made the effort of going back home, spending time with my family, spending time with my friends, making sure I'm part of their life and they're part of my life. I'm outside a screen. And I think that's the emotional uh, strength, or that's the emotional uh, re uh, recharge that everybody needs to have in their lives. Um, I remember during the conference, man, I was running. You saw me, like I was. I, I did. Was running, I, I was running. You, you barely saw me, but it's it's a better <laughs> it's a better phrasing because I was running around everywhere, putting yeah. out fires and helping out people, but. The, one of the few panels that I actually took to myself and said, like, no, I'm going to sit down. I, I organized all this. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to enjoy was the interview with Clarence Seedorf. Oh, yes. Football legend Clarence Seedorf. Yes. Um, and it was uh, just, it was so amazing just to have him come and support the event and take some time. He was in the, in the awards dinner and then he had a, a one-on-one interview with, uh, with NJ Ayuk. Yes. And um, yes. NJ was asking him, so like, what's um, what? No, actually, it was a question from the audience, which is was even more interesting. Somebody asking, what, what would you, what kind of uh, advice would you give to someone 
in the in the business based on your knowledge on sports what advice would you give to someone in the business sector starting in the business energy in the energy business sector hmm. and clarence would go and, and say like listen when we train in football we spend more time thinking about our post-event recovery or post-match recovery recovery that on, yeah that on, the, that on the actual match <laughs> and it was so true you know it's like all this time to like think about recovery taking your time and he said like i came into the business sector and that is not being discussed you know the hmm. burnout level the level of sheer commitment to something without acknowledging mental health or physical health sometimes it's just unsustainable and um Absolutely. And I, and, um, and I had many, many times where working in projects, you know, working on a project basis, it's very easy to, to burn out because you said, okay, I'm going to give everything I have for this amount of months and then I'm going to relax. But then you're so burned out that it's impossible. Like the, the recovery time is so, so long that it takes you a while to pick up the game and be back on, on your feet for, for the next project. So um i think like it's been very important for me in the last couple of years to actually make the the mind the mindful choice of resting or of enjoying family and friends of respecting my own time and my own my own mind and my own body because i yeah. know that's how i perform the best right um, and i think those those were the two elements that uh that have helped me the most uh, in in my career so far. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. You know, um, I'm gonna do a bit of, um, what's the word, uh, what we term uh, familiarization. <laughs> <laughs> During the gala night, uh, that was when I saw Clarence Seedorf. I didn't even know it was there because obviously we were doing our own presentation in one of the other venues, the hydrogen and also energy transition uh, piece. And uh, so during the gala night, I um, then saw, uh, then I, that was when I saw Clarence Sidov. Um, I didn't know his wife. But after the, the, the dinner and when the music started, you know, the South African band, you know, when they were playing and all of that, performing rather, uh, Vena was dancing. And Vena is one of the top guys at the African Energy Chamber. Yeah. So I joined him on the stage dancing and celebrating you know the success of the very first day of the event of course yeah. and of course i'm in africa i'm in motherland i'm african i can't let the music waste so <laughs> so i started oh, dancing and then uh elizabeth rogo also who's one of uh, the board members of africa energy chamber dressed as the queen that she is was she also got on stage and it was three of us and another friend of Elizabeth Rogo. I can't remember the lady's name now. A very pretty uh, a white lady. And uh, someone said, Vena, what are you doing on the stage with all these gorgeous women? And he's like, I'm the king. Okay, you know, let's have it. And then suddenly from somewhere, some people came with their phones and camera and everything to take <laughs> photos. And there was this lady just standing right in front of us, you know, and she, you know, she was looking at us and smiling and someone just said, oh, come on, come on stage and join us and let's take yeah. a photo together. So she stood just next to me, held and we all just took photos and, you know, continued dancing. And then it was much later I heard that was Seedov's wife. I said, Correct. oh. 
was like, oh, okay, okay. It's nice to to have a photo with the wife of a legend. It would be nice to have one with the legend himself. Yeah. <laughs> But I didn't. Can I you imagine that I didn't get my photo with him? Oh no! After all this work. <laughs> Make sure it happens next time. <laughs> oh, thank you, Thomas. They, they, they were honestly amazing. Honestly. Oh, they they really were. Interesting. Uh, they came the next day and um, they stay for several yeah. panels beside his own interview. Uh, it was such yeah. a such a great endorsement and so absolutely so fulfilling to see that uh, what we were doing was respected yes. from people even outside the industry. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, you know, that is actually quite key for people outside the industry. You know, to have the endorsement, to have their support, and I actually just thought, okay, yes, this guy, you know, he came for the dinner, the gala nights, you know, you know, the glitz and glam side of things. But then, when I realized the guy was still around the next day and the day after, I was like, okay, this is really nice. This is a solid endorsement by, um, you know, a football legend. So really, really impressive, really. But Thomas, I'm not going to let you go without asking this question. Go. Are you a mentor? Or has anyone approached you to mentor them? Because you seem to have it going great for you. You've got to be mentoring someone. <laughs> I, honestly, <laughs> I have not so far. Or if okay. I have, I haven't done it on on purpose. Right, um, right. No, unfortunately, no. I would love to. I think um, I, I'm also like a bit humble. I, 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 I can give some. I, I feel I can give some bits, bits of mm -hmm. advices on my based on my own life. Yeah, um, but I do. I have been mentored before. I I, I really uh, take NJ Ayuk as a, as a as a true mentor. He I've known him for several years and always. Yeah. Um, sometimes in the same country, sometimes oceans apart, but his words. Uh, he always have the right the right guidance. You know, the right outlook for for me and for my for my career. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I would love to. To at one stage be able to to give that back and nice. help someone uh, on the tracks, um, but I, I guess I'll, I'll still wait for that moment. Mm, it's going to happen <laughs> before you know it. I bet when people listen to this, they'll be like, "Oh my God, who is this guy? He needs to mentor me. How is he able to? He and his team. How is he able to lead a team for them to be able to pull off events in six months, in four months? Who are they? How do they do this?" So. <laughs> So definitely, just look forward to that. People are going to be knocking on your door for mentorship I would, I would very soon. Uh, Thomas, you know what? We could continue forever and ever having this, you know, discussions and more. But you know, everything that has a beginning must have an end. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time uh, today. I really, really enjoyed our conversation, and I bet people that are listening now or would listen at some point to this uh, podcast will. Uh, get the same benefit as well, and I encourage them to, to you know, you listeners. I encourage you to drop your uh, comments when you do get to, get to listen to this. Drop your comments, you know, ask questions, and you know, I'm sure Thomas and myself will be happy to to answer some of the questions that you may have. And if anyone wants, you know, more questions or thoughts about you know mentorship, um, you know, wants to have a career within the events space you know, wants to learn diplomacy even, you know, <laughs> feel free to reach out because uh, Thomas is an all-round package. <laughs> He's got it all. <laughs> Thank you very well... much for the time, Bimbo. It was uh, such an absolute pleasure and I, I really appreciate you um, no giving us the platform as well and being a good friend of Africa. 
African Energy nah. Week. And, nope. um, and thank you as well for just uh, a, a tiny space to, to tell my journey. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Well, a big thanks to our listeners. And until next time, it's BIM or Bimbola, whichever one you would love to call me. Uh, it's been from Blue Citroen. And do enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you and take care. Bye-bye.